Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Linda Armstrong and Rita Giganti. Today is Friday, May the 22nd, 2020, 4 p.m. New York time, wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And we were chatting amongst ourselves, getting ready to do, to do this podcast uh, because uh, we're on the fifth part of our exploration of a book from 1939 by Raymond Hollywell called Working with the Law. And the two chapters we're looking at today, all of us, when we saw those titles, said, hmm. So this is going to be a different episode in some ways. It's good to have a challenge like this, though, sometimes, just to kind of shake things up a little bit. I think we can become a little bit complacent with what we believe in. Not that what we believe in is is you know boring. It's not anything like that. But you know, sometimes it's good to have a little bit of a shake-up. So we shall see how shaken up we are today. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, yeah. Linda, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. good. <laughs> kind of chuckling about these two chapters because one is the law of sacrifice, which I was, I was getting triggered as I was reading it, <laughs> um, not quite figuring out. But I think I know where he's coming from now. It's written mm. a long time ago. And then the law of obedience, which... Um, is actually different to kind of how it sounds, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so we'll get into all. We'll get into all of that. Okay, yeah. that sounds good. And Rita, you're you're up and running. You got your cap on backwards. That's how I know you're ready and engaged. How's it going over there? Yeah, that's my uh, that's my uh, psychic cat. That's right. <laughs> Just turning yeah. around and I'm I'm ready to roll. Yeah, um, you are. Yeah, all is good. You know, can't complain. But I agree with um, Linda on this. I you know reading. How to read this a few times because I was, it was triggering, uh, mm-hmm. certain aspects. And, and I understand it. Like she said, it was written a long time ago. So his words may not be the words that we use now, but his concepts, you know, we, you have to really, um, try and understand and take that into consideration when, when, uh, reading it for sure. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, then this is going to be a bit of a challenge. That's a good thing. By the way, we already have one little note in the live stream. Joan is saying hello to you, Rita. So. Oh. Pass that along to you. Hi, Joan. Yep. So, all right. Well, uh, all right. Let's start. Let's go right into it. There's no point in putting this off because this is going to be, you know, <laughs> you this know is going to shake things up I, a little I'm bit. Gonna, here. I'm going to start it off by saying the law of sacrifice and the law of obedience are more like the laws to the law, which is the God or the source energy um, that runs through us. I mean, that's the way I'm kind of taking it when, when yeah. you read through these. And it was tough. It was tough. I, I texted Rita a few days ago when I did the first chapter. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't. It's triggering me. I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> right. And then she calls me today, and she's like, Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. Like, okay. So, but you know, so, we've kind of sorted it out within ourselves. Go ahead, Rita. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it, to begin with the law of sacrifice, it's it, it's not like he's asking us to sacrifice everything in our life in order to be you know, um, connected to the law, it's, it's considering yourself, uh, or, uh, creating an ideal for yourself and a standard to hold up to, as opposed to just it being kind of wishy-washy, you know, okay. and, and to really like focus on that standard or that ideal for yourself and follow the path in a, what he may describe it as a righteous way, you know, um, we all know if something doesn't feel right or good or if it's not the right path um, or the right decision. So um, all he, I think he is trying to impart is, you know, um, 
don't don't half-ass it. Even though he wasn't going to say it back then. <laughs> don't <laughs> half-ass it. Stand, have that ideal and, you know, help it to help you grow as an individual, as a human, and um, and get to the highest potential you can with that. You know, making good decisions, um, uh, keeping yourself um, in in the forgiveness energy and the lack, you know, the the non judgment energy. Um, that's where I feel, um, you know, and I think out of that comes wisdom. You know, when when you're able to um, connect to those things and hold that ideal, and you learn a lot, and there's a lot of wisdom that comes with that. Okay. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll add to that because uh, when Rita was saying, you know what feels good and, you know, what's right for you, like if when you follow that gut feeling, which is that connection to law, God, right, um, then you can make your decisions based on that. So he's kind of referencing how thought, where there's the law of thought started the book out, right, right. Is, is and law is God, right? Like that's the ultimate. So when you're, when you feel and you sense and you know what's right and you follow it, that's good. But sometimes you're pulled out there from other people, other things. So, like, that's where the obedience thing comes into. But it's almost like, you, I guess we could say you want to sacrifice the need for approval or for following along with other people's, right. who you think may know better than you, ideals and things like that, that start running your life. And that's not con- the connection to the law, God, because the law is God in this book. Um, yeah. Right? That pulls you off of it. So That's really, right. I think a lot of it just keeps getting back to that. So when you, when you're, what you're sacrificing, I guess, is like all the distractions. Well, that I don't will know if pull I'm saying that off. right. Yeah, yeah, that will pull you off the path. Now, the path can be many paths. I don't, I don't think that there's just, I don't think he means to say there's just one path. I think there's many paths. It's how you choose to take that path that makes it the ideal. Um, for you. And I think, you know, you know, just take, for instance, if, if you were going to become a singer or a dancer or something, well, you're not going to just say, oh, I'll, you know, I'll just wing it. You know, I'll just like, I'll take a couple of classes, but I won't really, I don't feel like really like, you know, putting my heart and soul into it and creating that energy to build it. And then, you, you know, and then you, you see it, you end up it not really going the way you'd like it to go. And then you're blaming, you know, everybody around you, God, the whole thing, but you weren't really consistent and you weren't sacrificing other things that probably could have waited because of this ideal that you had, that you wanted to create this energy. Right. And, and so, you know, putting that off and, and, and um, I, at least that's how I'm. So if someone were to um, had the desire to practice the singing and, you know, continued on the path of, uh, doing things to make it grow, well then, then they're going to get the dream that they're looking for. But if if they're you know if they're um, putting distractions in their way and um, sacrificing the things that you know can help them move away from that, then it's not going to work. This reminds yeah, so. me a lot. It reminds me a lot of Neville Goddard because Neville Goddard began his speaking career in the same decade that this book was written. He began in the early 1930s and continued through the late 1960s. So he had quite a speaking career. And it's often uh, easy to forget this, but that was a period of time where 
here in the United States, especially religion, particularly Christianity, was really in its heyday. I think it's probably safe to say. And so when Neville did his speaking and his teaching and his writing, he was writing to and speaking to an audience that already thought in a certain way because they had been kind of pre-programmed, if you will, by their church, by right. their belief system. So he actually ended up taking pieces, not the whole, but pieces of the Bible and taking uh, biblical verses and so forth and using that as a way to explain what concepts he was actually trying to teach. Now, in fact, if you take what he was teaching and compare it to what traditional Christian teaching tells you, it was really quite divergent. I mean, in his mind, God was the equivalent of consciousness. Right. God was the equivalent of what you know, uh, Jesus was the equivalent of consciousness. In other words, he, he even literally said in many places that these were not physical beings walking the planet. These were part of a metaphorical play going on. I mean, so this is like a very broad divergence from what, you know, the Christian church would teach. They were teaching something quite different from that. Right. In other words, he was trying to reach to the audience in a way that they would understand. Well, the concepts of sacrifice and obedience were big in that time. Yes. They were very big. This was this is a, a way I think that he was trying to reach out and say, okay, here's how I think you can understand what it is that I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, and well, back then they, they even sacrificed animals, you know, mm -hmm. for, yeah. you know, I mean, that's how far it went. They would sacrifice. Sure. People even sacrificed people thinking that that's what God or claiming that God, that's what God would want, you know. Go yeah, ahead, Linda, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say what, what Walt just said is perfect because I'm like holding on to a note I'm trying want to say and exactly what you said leads right into it because there's a part and the two work together these two chapters they should just be one chapter really right. um because he writes in there religions have gone the wrong way with its understanding of god once the law god because he's always referring to the law as god is understood we hold the secrets to eternal happiness and peace right and all those other chapters talking about how you know the law and um allowing and all of those other things when you're staying focused to what you know is true for you inside and following that that comes through, then everything's great. Like you have the world at your hands. Right. Um, but the, okay, that's that note. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, what you were just saying is, is it is exactly it, you know, because yeah. I, I see the similarities as well. And um, yeah, so we, we you know, we, because we have all these other judgments as to what sacrifice and obedience means, right? right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. It reminds so then, me of what, uh, what Cindy Chavez and I went through when we were going through the Neville books, because literally we would come to certain books, certain chapters, and we'd look at the, the title of the chapter. We both look at each other like, this is not going to end well. <laughs> but we would work through it word by word, sentence by sentence, and do, do what we used. We, we, we called it the uh, Neville um translation ring or or, or the, the Neville Dakota ring and we, we would translate word for word what is he actually saying here until finally after we replaced all the metaphors we had a coherent sentence so to speak and we'd say oh well that's law of attraction but the first yeah. sentence when you first read it sounded well, it didn't sound anything like law of attraction it was so far away it was ridiculous <laughs> right well and one more note to what I just last said is I wrote down the word obey this is his words, means to submit to rule or comply with orders and instructions. So when you follow like all those previous laws that the book talks about on how to be able to, you know, pretty much manifest and create and live a happy, peaceful life, mm -hmm. um, 
That's it. So in my words, it was more like obedience of the law is how we create. Right. Right. And right. yeah. And so like sacrificing the things that pull us off of that, where we give our power away, um, holds you more true to. And, and Rita was talking before about how you know, if you want to be, um, I don't know if you were I forget a dancer or a singer. Yeah. So like athletes, they they're really strict, right? They have sure. they, they're disciplined. They're staying with that goal. They're not letting stuff pull them off. Right. right. So, yeah. Right. If you can follow that, the, uh, it, it's the same goes for the spirituality piece. That It could be physical, it could be mental, and it could be part of the spiritual as well. And that's what I think he's saying. It's, it just doesn't have to be in one aspect of the life. You know, discipline yourself to whether it be journaling or meditation or, you know. But, again... Um, I think people sometimes hold such a high standard and then if they don't do it, they beat themselves up and that's yeah. not good either. You know, it's like, you know, say I was uh, meditating for a month straight and I missed one day. Well, am I going to beat myself up over that? I missed a day and now we move on. You know what right. I mean? It's and, not, and you know what? It doesn't feel good because it's not truth, right? Your truth is, okay, I'll get this. I can do this, you know, right. instead of punishing yourself. It's like, I'd rather reward myself on how good I've done so far and how I can continue. Well, that's um, what will get you to do it again. If yeah. you judge yourself, it'll be like, fuck, I screwed up. I'm not right. doing it. I'm no right? good. I give up. <laughs> no, can I curse on this thing? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it has happened. We, we go on blues sometimes, although we try to keep it as G as we can, but still. They haven't okay. taken down any videos, right? So. No. Yeah. All right. All of our programs um, are marked not for children, so I think we're safe, you know. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but the concept of, of sacrifice actually was harder for me than obedience, which is really strange for me to say because I'm about as non-obedient as you can be when it comes to the typical definition of the word. But sacrifice to me, that just the word itself kind of set me off before you, we even got into what the chapter was all about. Right. Um, because of the way that word is normally used. So. Uh, if we were to pick different words than sacrifice sure. and obedience to describe what it is he's saying there, could we come up with alternatives? Because that's what we ended up doing with Neville. We ended up saying, okay, here's what Neville really means. Let's use these words instead, and then the whole thing became plain. Well, I, he uses the word discipline, which is, you know, which is maybe a little bit better, um, although some people do not like discipline because of what it can connotate but i think right. if it's in if you understand it in the form of disciplining yourself and holding that ideal um and then uh, working with that uh, you know that might be an easier thing to digest than the sacrifice mm -hmm. um and you know i think we're all we all had an issue with it because you guys were raised catholic i was yeah. not no okay I was. so uh, coming from the Catholic religion, you, sh you should sacrifice your whole life. And no. then coming from an Italian background, keep sacrificing because that's <laughs> that's the only way you're going to get redeemed in this there, life. There's a reason why Vatican City is in the midst of a country called Italy. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, I, you know, of course it triggers me. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, but now when I read further and uh, the word discipline, I can understand that because I've disciplined myself. Mm -hmm. uh, to, you know, to hold a higher standard to me, uh, or a higher ideal of myself. So it's cool. It's all good. Well, you got another word? I got a par. Well, I got a little paragraph on this thing with discipline that I'm Go going ahead. to read. He says an undisciplined life 
is an insane life. We must pull ourselves together around high ideals of clean, serviceable, and effective living under the highest leadership we know or under the teachings and the examples of a master. Now, if I were going to translate that using the equivalent of a Neville decoder ring, I would say that the master in Nevelese anyway is our consciousness because truly we are God, right? Right. So start doing some word replacements. And I start hearing that as if you want to get the most out of life, you need to focus yourself more consistently on what it is that is appropriate for you to focus on. Right. Because that's how you maintain the level of, of coherent consistency that you need as your own creator to create the, the law kind of, of consistency. That's perfect. Consistency. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the law of consistency. I yeah, like I knew it. we could get there. <laughs> I, I like it. You know, when, when I'm not sure of which way, like when I'm, when I'm having, like, you know, when I'm questioning myself, because there's other things coming in and, and, you know, I'm human. So I question, I go back to the question in my mind and I say, either what would love do or what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Because it depends on who I feel like connecting. It's the same thing, you know, I'm, but in my yeah. head, I'm just saying one or the other. That answer gives you the right answer, in my opinion. I've well, you know, never been steered the wrong way when I've asked that. The following paragraph says, the highest example of a master is the Christ. In all his work and teachings, he proved that discipline, self-control, and self-mastery ever precede wisdom and achievement. Mm. Right? And that also makes so that's, sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so that, it's disciplining yourself word. in the yeah. highest way. You know, it's exactly. not Exactly. Like we think of discipline, I did something wrong, and I didn't get beaten for it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, of course. But it is more that, that um, you know, Olympic athlete discipline. You know, sticking to what you know and doing all that you can do to be the best you can be, right? Right. Whether that's helping people or, you know. So I can't tell you how many people come to me and say, can you teach me how to connect to the spirit world? Can you teach me how to get information, you know, from the masters, the teachers, the guides, the angels, whoever? And I say to them, well, are you ready to create, you know, some kind of, practice for yourself because that's what it's going to take to have that connection you know whether that be you know um meditating consistently contemplating if you if that's because sometimes i just have conversations and i'm contemplating um journaling like there has to be where every day you do that connection so are you ready for that if they tell me yes then i give them a a million ways that they can connect and I say, now choose one that feels good to you because there is no right and there is no wrong. The only thing there is, and I'm going to say it again because he says it, is the discipline of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's how you'll achieve it. Right. Or as we're I, translating it now, the consistency of it. The consistency. Yeah. Thank you. I love that. I, I think that's a perfect way to sum that up. Yeah. I love it. it. It also reminds me of a, a thing that we talked about that Cindy and I talked about when we were discussing Neville. And in part because Neville brought it up himself in one of the books. I can't remember which one, but I know he brought this up. And that's the concept of sin, which has a very specific meaning in Christian circles. But Cindy, being the wonderful religious scholar that she is and with tremendous background, 
was able to immediately, without even looking it up, point out to me that sin had a very different original definition when you look back to what they call the etymology of it, the origins of the word. It turns out that the word sin simply means you missed the mark. You, you were aiming an arrow at a target and you missed. Mm, yeah, well, no blame. we actually talked about that, I think, last week, right? The whole, I think we did. We yeah. brought up Ho'oponopono, which is missing the mark. That's right, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, there's no blame associated. There's no shame. It's just you didn't aim right, <laughs> so aim better. <laughs> and when you start yes. thinking about it that way, now all of a sudden the whole landscape changes. It's you true know? because, in, again, in the Catholic religion, sin, well, if it's a mortal sin, you know, we, we talk about, Mortal right. sins and then venial sins, right? right? Venial sins was like, you know, maybe you cursed or you did, you know, like stupid little crap. Mortal sin was like one of the Ten Commandments, right? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Or disobeying your mother or your father or whatever. And now you had to go and tell someone to be forgiven for that. Right. Like, yeah. They really made it out to be, you know, um, so demeaning to the person. Oh, yeah. Blame and shame. And Right. That. Of course, then you, you know, you, you felt this judgment towards yourself. And so when I stopped doing all of that and I just sat and I said, I'm sorry, I will, you know, I want to do better. And, you know, I said to spirit, I said to God, it was like instant, like all of it just lifted. Mm -hmm. Like all of it just, there was no judgment. There was no, I didn't hold on to it. It wasn't anything like that. You know what I mean? You know what? It makes me also think of Dr. Emoto's work with impressions in water, right? Because we're mostly water. So all that negative self-talk and all that beating up and using this uh, discipline maybe in the in the a harsh negative way, you're just holding that and making everything harder, right? So when you can forgive yourself for these little bumps in the road, right? Or like find a different way to talk to yourself about the things you think where you missed the mark, right? Right. So you can bring yourself back in a gentle way. Still holding that focus and staying true and, you know, being, returning to being that uh, disciplined, obedient to right. your purpose type of a thing. Right. Yep. Right. That's exactly. So now I'm wondering about the second word, which was obedience. We found that sacrifice really is better understood as consistency. So I wonder what the better word is for obedience. I bet you between the three of us, we can come up with it. We just have to kind of look at it carefully. I, I would say following your truth. Saying, saying, saying obedient to that, which is the part of you that, that we were all part of God, right? Mm -hmm. But when we know that part of ourselves and, and stay true to that inner knowing, and it's always the same thing where the truth will make you always make you feel liar, lie makes you feel heavier. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you can have that be your guidance as to what's in alignment or not, um, obedience could be alignment. I like. Yeah, sounds that good. works. Sounds good. It, can you, can you good pull thing. up a paragraph or something from the book that uh, kind of gives us a chance to test this little theory we have? Okay, that what we're really talking about is, and see if it actually lines well, up that way. Let's see, I put down page one fifty nine on my thing, so okay. let me see. it wouldn't be one fifty nine in the actual book though, because mine is printed uh, out. So I'll I'll just follow what you're doing. Okay, <laughs> so the word obey. Let me get the glasses on. Means. Well, I wrote down the word obey means submit to rule or comply with orders and instructions. So I wrote that around page 159. So why did I do that? Let's see. It kind of reminds me of playing by the rules of the game. Oh, here we go. Right. So it says, once the law is understood, we hold the secrets of eternal happiness, peace, and domination over mastery, 
over all of the forces around us. The word obey means to submit to rule or to comply with orders or instructions. Obedience, then, is the governor of all movement, whether it be mechanical, literal, or spiritual. A giant machine without its governor would tear itself apart. That's true, right? It's true, yeah. yeah. It would utterly be destroyed because it failed to obey its own laws of momentum and gravity. An right. intellectual giant who fails to comply with the laws of learning will become an idiot. <laughs> a, a student failing to comply with or obey the instructions of spirit, the law of God, will reverse that good and will create evil. We are dependent entirely on obedience for our success or failure in life. So, yeah, I, I so I think obedience might be a little bit... Um, what did we say? Off the mark? Yeah. Um, I think alignment <laughs> alignment is way better. We put it, alignment it in every one of those. <laughs> yeah, because um, it, it's a little hard to swallow in that in with those words. But I like the alignment because I think if you just say, you know, um, if you align with the law um, and you hold true to that. Right. So align with the thoughts, the good thoughts, align with the good um, energy, all of that. then you it's automatic almost that you would comply to whatever the right thing is like you know what i'm saying like you wouldn't need to be quote unquote obedient but i think he's using it i think he's using that word you know maybe back then that was that was the word i don't you know 1938 39 um but i like i like the alignment much better to be honest with you so it's like I, if we if we plant thoughts of worry, right? The law you obey, he's saying, right. will give you something to worry about. Right. Right. And right? he does talk about that in the book too somewhere. Yeah. If you align, <laughs> so let's use the word align. If you plant thoughts of worry, the law you align with will give you exactly what you're asking for. Something right. to worry about. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? So I made some more notes and one of my notes says making sense now. So I'll get to that. <laughs> I don't know what it was, <laughs> but I'm one page, page 160. My page doesn't matter what the page, cause it's a Kindle and I blew up the words. Uh, all our problems of life are due in some measure to our obedience to the law of thought and its creator, God. Our difficulties have been in knowing what to obey and what not to obey. So that goes to, I think exactly what Rita was just talking about. Now, there's something on, here we go. Uh, he who obeys the laws of nature and acts as her obedient servant later become the master and reaps a full harvest. And he goes into that yes. whole thing about planting seeds and all of that kind of stuff. Right. Um, yes, because it, because we haven't obeyed that law, correct? Because Mother Earth right now is purging her ass off because of what we've done, what we've created here. And, you know with the crops and with, um, you know, the chemicals and the pollution and all that. So we're getting exactly what we, our obedience went in a completely different direction. Right, right, right. right. And so So, now we're reaping that, you know, we're reaping what we sow pretty much. So, and here's another thing in, in the same line of thought. He says, our mistakes are largely due to the fact that we have obeyed more rapidly the laws of, 
earth than the laws of spirit. I think we would say the laws of man, maybe. Yes. And the laws of spirit. Yes. We have subjected our ideas to the outward appearances of things rather than the inner truths as the law teaches them. Right. So in this sense, obey isn't like someone commanding you to obey them. This is, you know, um, obey the, the law in the sense of properly choose what is for yeah. your highest good. And so do here, it. here he uses the word obey more. If we are to obey the spirit within us rather than the conditions about us, right? then the law requires us to first think things into existence from the within yes. before we, before we well, shall reap them in the without, before we see them. Okay, so that's great because we all get that. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> but there's one more part. Let me see what this says. It says the law reads, as ye sow, so shall ye reap which is mathematically accurate and true. If you plant a turnip seed, nature does not produce potatoes. If you plant a corn seed, nature does not make a mistake and bring forth a giant oak tree. On the same reasoning, if you plant thoughts of worry, this is what Rita was talking about, the law you obey will give you the something to worry about. It will produce more and more circumstances to increase your worries. If you think of disease and lack, you'll receive exactly what you're expecting, whether Law, whatever law you obey will in turn serve you. The most important thing then is to know what to, what obey. to obey. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we all do this when it comes to worry, when it comes to, you know, um, anything, fear, all of that. So we can put our thoughts to that or we could choose to put it someplace else and we will create something else if we do that. See, you have to know you can do that. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. That, and and um, people need to realize that there's, they are um, worthy enough. They they can create whatever they desire, but to know that they are the ones creating, that God is not the one, you know, creating their life for them. That is why you have free will. There should be no blame or anything placed because, again, it's saying, who do you serve here? Do you serve you know, what's on the outside of you or do you serve what's on the inside of you? Right. And you know what? Even though I teach this stuff and we all do, we're we're all learning and growing all the time, but there's a situation in my life where when I look at it now, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe how much I put my thoughts into the wrong place, into the problem. And, and, and instead of, you know, and there's so many things to do to get out of the problem, but kept going back to the problem, right? Kept letting that rule, which is outside of me, rather than what I know was inside me, it totally prolonged the whole entire thing. Yeah. And so why did I have to do that again? I guess I needed to learn it deeper. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of temptation to uh, uh not Well, it's very easy. To to, it's so easy to go to the negative thought, it you know, is, that, yeah. and it takes this discipline, right? Obedience, mm-hmm. sacrifice, sacrifice those those thoughts that don't survive you. Let's sacrifice those in the way that we think of sacrifice. You know, like yeah. nail it to the cross and burn it. That thought that doesn't serve you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as we were discussing all of these, a few thoughts got, went through my mind. Let me just kind of go through them kind of in random order. And I think okay. that we'll, we'll see more ways that this kind of irons itself out. The first thought that went through my mind is the word obedience can be tied to a plant. There is a plant, you ladies probably know, called an obedience plant. Oh, an obedient plant I don't know is that. a plant. Have you ever heard that one? 
I, no. you know, be, my, my wife taught me, well, that's what happens when you're married to a gardener. Um, <laughs> but an obedient plant is a plant that if you take the, the plant as it's growing up with the stalk and so forth, and you bend it a certain way, it will retain that shape. And it will keep oh. growing in that way. Yeah, like so a bonsai. You, yeah, exactly. Very similar, although without cutting. It just You simply do it by bending. Okay. Yeah. And you, you, an obedient plant can actually be made obedient to grow whatever direction you want it to grow, which is something that, amazingly, a lot of homeowners want to know why we can't do that with all plants. They want the plants to you know, grow in the direction they want to be able to see it, not where the sun is. And we say, well, you know, the sun goes this way, and that's where the plant goes. No, 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 no. I want the plant to grow this way. <laughs> yeah, but can every plant be an obedient plant as long as you follow the different things in nature that will allow it to be? Is that possible? Sure. Or are there only some plants obedient plants? There is, an, there is one obedient plant, and it is the, it is called the obedient plant. Oh, that's oh it's, it's an actual plant. plant. It's an actual plant that has the name okay. the obedient plant, yes. Yeah, because all the other plants, they obey, they obey the sun. They follow the sun because they know that's where the light is. You know, so they're, okay, they're good at that. Okay, I get it. I get it. Um, cool. Which is also hard to explain to homeowners sometimes, but that's another story. <laughs> um, the other thoughts that went through my mind were when we're talking about going inside, because that's really what he's talking about. He's talking about taking guidance from inside. We are, in essence, saying don't go outside for your guidance. People often think of God as being external. Right. You know, so the kind of obedience I think he may be talking about here, and I'm still not sure what the replacement word is, is being true, to use Linda's word, true to the God within, which is the, which is the true you. That's, that's the internal you, the, the um, inner being part, the part that's connected to source energy, the part that when you re reach inside for guidance, that's where you're actually getting your message from. So in other words, he's saying obedience is where you are true to that connection that you were talking about, Rita, that internal connection. You are getting your guidance from that connection. You, you are basically modeling your life and, and what you're choosing to focus your attention on and so forth on that connection. That is what I think he's calling obedience. And mm -hmm. kind of like the obedient plant, if you work on you know, basically shaping that connection, like you shape an obedient plant, you end up with a plant that grows in the direction that you want it to grow in yourself. Right. Right. So could we say the law of the highest good? I mean. Well, that could also be thought of as being aggregate for a bunch of people. It, right. What talking about it is your own highest good. Right. Got to think of another word for that. Yeah, this one's a little bit um, trickier. Consistency was easier, I think, with sacrifice. This one's a I, little bit trickier. I highlighted two paragraphs. Maybe it'll. Maybe something will come of that. Okay. Okay. The first one I, brought, I highlighted was the purpose of our lesson is to learn how we might properly choose and serve the law for our highest good. Hmm. We either serve principle or things in all that we think and do. Things are the events or the results of invisible causes, whereas principle is the true cause and is spirit. So principle is that maybe. Principle is that which we think in our minds and things are the results of those thoughts. All right. I like it better. The law That's of better. principle. Well, here, I'll read this other paragraph. See if it's Go ahead. It says, years ago, as a relative, uh, years ago, a relative of mine worshipped illusions and things. He strove to accumulate riches. He worked so hard gaining his wealth that he lost his health. Then he turned out. Then he turned about and tried to gain his health by spending his wealth. It's like the, the woman who ate the fly or whatever. Yeah. And then 
And then in the end, he passed away a disappointed and disillusioned man. That man, like so many others, had started out in his life with the wrong concept of the law of God. So, you know, he didn't get the true meaning. He was just using his money to try and gain his health. But he didn't. if he would have gotten maybe the true meaning of it, of why he got to that place, he may have reversed his illness and healed himself. Right. Or maybe so, if the desire for riches was for good and not for ego or something right. like that. Because it's like right. he gave the power was all outside of him, even though he was able to do things. Right. But he was Didn't never matter. connected. Right. And even in the end, he wasn't connected because he was disappointed and disillusioned. And that's right. a, that's a good word too. You know, people do have those illusions of, uh, even illusions of grandeur, and and um, they think you know. Again, things are more on the outside. You know, they look at cars or they look at jewelry. It's not that you can't have that or you can't admire that. That isn't what life is, though. That's the bottom line. You know, you can have if you have this ideal and you're connected to your inner self, you can have whatever you want because you're going to you'll take that on as not an ego thing. It'll be in accordance to the law. Right. Right. So. I think especially if you're if you're doing things that bring good into the world, right? Like that's your focus and or that's where your passion is, then money follows, right? So right. you accumulate a lot of money and you can do so much for other people, but you can also do it for yourself. You buy, you know, and of course. you may reward yourself because if you don't, that means you're not worthy of having beautiful things. Like you want to have that everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. No matter what that is. Yeah. The phrase cause and effect keeps running through my mind in regards yes. that what he's describing here is the true cause for effects. Again, drawing from law of attraction theory uh, and contrasting and comparing it to the way most people believe, you know, their, their lives play out based on their interpretation of external events. Um, for instance, we may have somebody gets sick. I mean, we, obviously, we've been dealing with sickness a lot lately, so that comes to my mind. And in traditional medicine, sickness is something that happens physically to the body through some external cause that comes in. And then it's our job as you know, physicians and, and healers and so forth to identify with that physical cause and, and, and remove it or treat it in some way to cure the body. That's the way um, illness is thought of. But sure. from the new perspective, the new perspective is, well, everything originates from within. We are creators. Right. So when we vibrate to something internally, it manifests externally. So right. as conscious creators, we are in the process of learning how to recognize that internal cause and effect that we in the past would have associated with something going on externally. So we deal with a health issue. We say, well, okay, yeah, we certainly want to treat external stuff. But now we also understand that our thoughts very likely led to that disease condition in the first place and our health can also be recreated through that same thought process. In other words, our thoughts become the originator and our thoughts are internally driven. Right. So it becomes a, an orient, a reorientation to a different way of thinking. It becomes a new form of cause and effect, a new way of understanding cause and effect. So right. I'm hearing obedience as being obedient to an understanding, a new understanding of what the true cause and effect of things really is. I love it. I want to add one thing to all of that. So the last thing I've highlighted in the, in the book it says we want quick returns. 
forgetting that the law moves slowly. (laughs) Forgetting that the law moves slowly, yet it works perfectly and well. We want instantaneous healings of our diseases, but we are loath to give up the net of habits that caused them, which goes right back to the first one, right? Sacrifice. Right. Obedience. Right. Yeah. And when we, when we repeat, we place sacrifice with consistency. Now it makes really good sense to understand that replacing obedience with this truth or trueness to the true role, the, 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 the true cause and effect in our lives. Right. We're now learning to be consistent in our application and understanding of the true cause and effect. Well, yeah, now the whole thing really starts to make sense. Yeah. Are we writing a new book? Is that what's happening here? Do that or else we're updating Hollywood's book. I'm not sure which. <laughs> you know what? I, I do have one more thing to read. This is like how he closes out the chapter. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it says, all that is mine is thine. This is the law acting through us. As we obey the law, we humble our personal self to the divine self within us. We refuse to accept the outer appearance of things as being final and true, but we turn within and seek that which is real and true uh, as God, the law, intended it to be. Let us live with God in his work, not after we die, not tomorrow or next year, but right here, right now. God's kingdom is all about us, awaiting our acknowledgement or obedience of his law. We must be able to converse and live with God, the law, in our daily life. Then we shall live with love and joy, with hope and wealth and peace here and everywhere. It is ours for the decision. And there's one little quote thingy here. It says, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So. Oh, Job, right? The, yes. You yes. know, the, the story of Job and how he no. suffered. Oh. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three, 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 six, eleven. Job, I don't know. 36, 11. Yeah. yeah. He suffered beyond your imagination. Oh, great. Everything. Everything was taken from him. Yep. And uh, here's the piece that I, I think what they're trying to show with Job, I, I, I mean, I love the fact that he put him in there, was no matter what, he was consistent in believing the highest good, even though he suffered the way he did. He, he really did not waver. And in the end, he got back tenfold mm-hmm. what he lost. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's. Which is yeah, so I think I, I think I like the law of alignment. I think that works, like sticking to that yeah. alignment and that truth within that us. Yeah. All right. And so we have the law of alignment. Off. And what else? Uh, Do we have another one? <laughs> I don't know. What was well, that latest one? Alignment was, was, was a good uh, way of summarizing what we were talking about. Okay, so but that was for the sacrifice, right? Peace. Well, sacrifice was consistency. Oh, consistency and alignment. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, got it. Yep. Okay. So obedience is basically alignment, and sacrifice basically consistency, which puts yeah. it into terminology that makes much more sense to us here in the 21st century. <laughs> that yes. works, but it, it wasn't easy getting through those two chapters. I have to say, <laughs> I read right. I read parts of it over and over again. Uh, you right. know, like, I, what am I, I not think- getting? I, I think that one of the difficulties that anybody who writes a book like this has, because they all like to break it up into laws, right? I mean, yeah, a lot, yes. 
yes. how many authors have broken their, their concepts up into laws? The difficulty, though, is when you break it up into laws using words that are familiar to all of us, because you're trying to you're trying to uh, organize your thoughts in a way to explain them to your readers in a way that they'll get it. That's why they that's why they do it. That's why they break it up into laws. But by the same token, it's almost like when you're when you're a, a legislator creating human laws, it's so easy to basically step on your own two feet when you're creating the laws, to trip over your own concepts, because right. the concepts don't necessarily work the way that the words do. You know, so you're, you're constantly trying to make the concepts fit the words and bend the words around to make them fit the concepts and so forth. Well, and, and it's tricky for an author. And then create unnecessary laws to control the people. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Too, right? There you go. <laughs> no, and then yeah, you you're not COVID chipping me. I'm sorry. I'm out. That's it. So it, it's, uh, I mean, I understand why authors will like to explain things in terms of laws, but I also think they, they set themselves up because when they get into it, they realize, oh, wait a minute, how do I make this thing work? How do I make sense out of this thing that I'm trying to explain? You know, right. maybe we only need two laws, the law of truth and the law of alignment. Well, Let, I, let's I, do a book, Rita, the law of truth and the law of alignment. That's it. There's the next book. There are two laws. <laughs> I, I guess I'm biased because I do a show on the law of attraction. I think there's one law, law of attraction. I think that one really explains it. Um, it. It does require a little explanation to understand it, and it took me a while to get it, and that's one of the reasons why I choose to do a podcast. But, um, I, I take Abraham Hicks at their word. Abraham has said, we have searched high and low throughout the universe. We have found one true law that always applies everywhere, and that's the law of attraction. Right. And so that's why they call it the law of attraction. Right. Right. And I'll, if you don't stay one. in alignment with what you want to attract, that's when the chaos comes up. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and we're really good at that. <laughs> when you don't stick to your truth, truth alignment and the law of attraction. There's the title. There it okay. is. So truth, we, we got a group book already. Law of attraction. <laughs> All right, Linda. Stop it's going to be coming up soon. You'll be, you'll be able to uh, buy it on Amazon. Place your advance orders now. <laughs> yes. We'll have it ready in a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or somebody listening to this will, and we'll be like, hey, that's our title. <laughs> Maybe you want to give yourself a little more time, though, because if you're going to have three or four different concepts in there, you're going to have to make sure that they don't step on each other's toes. That may take a little time to, to iron that out. So yeah. give a little more than a week. <laughs> well, we can make it the better, because really, that's ultimately, we're getting too confused. We ought to just keep things simple, stick to it. Stick to those truths. The sim what's your truth? Right. It, it's interesting to me that um, I, I've stated this from the beginning of when we first started working on this book that I hadn't heard of it. I think I'm beginning to understand perhaps why this didn't really get to the level of being famous that some of the others did. It didn't reach the level of a Napoleon Hill or a Neville Goddard or whatever. Um, I'm, I suspect it probably sold pretty well if that, you know, if copies hung around all this time had to have some level of sales. Yeah, of course. But, but because he had his own little inconsistencies in, in what he was trying to say that you couldn't quite reconcile if you didn't have today's training, I could see how that would make it difficult for a book like that to compete with some of the others. Yeah, plus, you know, if it's triggering, if words are triggering us in this age, could you imagine what it did to others back then no who kidding. were, you know, what religion was it? You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. So, if you couldn't decipher or figure out like we're doing now, we're talking about it, we're creating new words, we're figuring it out. If you couldn't do that, 
And if you were short-sighted in that, it, there was no way. And it really helps to have today's concepts. Yes. I mean, these concepts have evolved over uh, over many uh, centuries, but more recently they've evolved tremendously over the last 20 years or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been a, a major evolution in the way this stuff is explained. I think it has been because of look where we are now. If we didn't have these concepts now, we'd be up Schitt's Creek. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. And, and with this whole ascension, as the vibrations rising, then more of us can hear how it needs to be presented out to the world to get more of us to hear it. Or to put well, it another you- way, more of us understand how to understand it ourselves. Because right. what we're talking about is a vibration raising, right? Right. So as, exactly. As our, our vibrational levels, we need a way to to be able to describe in clarity what it is that we're now feeling that we didn't really feel before. So right. you have to have language evolving to go along with it. Sure. Sure. Now, Walt, have you ever done a show for the Ascension? Uh, we not really. We tap. We we touched upon it, and we got a little deeper. I think maybe your first show, Rita. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's something Just we can do as a as a topic. Maybe we do that following not, next week. We have the last chapter of this book, but maybe the following week, maybe we actually start. Yeah, we're gonna that. have. I don't know how how much time we have to put in on that. I don't really know the subject well enough. I'll be listening to you ladies to find out. <laughs> we have um, Harold Peck coming up, but not on. Remember, I said on the fifth. That's but right. Yeah. Go another week after that. Maybe the week Chief after. Harold. That. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna How's be he taking going? on some. He's gonna be taking on this uh, a, a hike. Um, in support of different things that he'll talk about to raise awareness and to bring. Um, That's uh, awesome. Actually, it's actually a, like a, a growth thing for him, a healing journey for him as he goes along it. Cause if you know his story, he's going to elaborate on that during, on this hike and he's going to be you know recording himself as he goes along. Oh, Rita, that's you, great. You were worried yeah. about blue words before. Let me tell you, you, you don't hold a candle to Harold. This guy broke new boundaries here on LOA today in terms of how far we go with blue words. So. Oh, really? And, and <laughs> oh, he was, yeah. to- was definitely controlling himself. <laughs> oh, I, I know he was. I know he was. But I love Harold. He's, he's, just, he's just raw and he's just letting it out he's there. He's raw and earthy. Right. He just, you yeah. know, he, he talks like, you know, like a military guy because that's right. what he was, you know? Right. So, hey, there's yeah, something but he said about that. But but yeah, sure. you know, Harold will laugh at this. But let's call him a hippie shit military guy because he's, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, it's all this hippie shit. But he's so Rita, you know, he's had experiences, right? Yes. It's just boom. He's like, he's been like, he's been like pushed into the ascension. He made a jump instead of some of us are gradually doing it. Yes. He made this humongous quantum leap twice with two of these types of experiences now. Yeah. Um, and so he's trying to. Get that message out. Right. And really, he wants to help military, but anybody. And a lot of the military people might not open to it unless it's, like, behind closed doors, you know, because right. just like Harold's, like, this hippie shit. Like, you know, like, I can't believe I'm saying this stuff. <laughs> he, he said that on the show, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. great. That is great. I love it. And he follows us, true. too. Every once in a while, I'll see one of his comments on, under the videos on YouTube. So he's following us, which is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do we have anybody in the query that is commenting or asking questions? No, it's been really quiet. People are listening and watching, but 
They're, I think they're in, I think they're waiting to see what we're going to con- uh, conclude with all this because this is a tough topic. I mean, two, yeah. two chapters yeah. that really challenged us. It, it again reminded me of what it was like when Cindy and I were doing the Neville books. Some yeah. of those books, there, there was actually one book we refused to do, to be perfectly honest. There, <laughs> he, he did 11 books. We did 10 of them. Right. The 11th one was literally one Bible verse after another. And we said, no, no, we're, we're throwing in the towel. Forget it. <laughs> we're just That's not it, doing yeah. this. Done. Done. <laughs> Basically, he was just trying to justify all these different Bible verses, and we just weren't really interested in that. But, but uh, you know what? But it's pretty cool when you see a Bible verse put out there with this understanding. Because, yes. you know, it's been just... And who knows what's distorted, really, unless you were there at the time. But it seems like it's been distorted to be something else to serve uh, an institution oh, more so yes. than a, per- a oh, person. Oh, God, yes. hundred I mean, percent. You have to yeah. remember, I mean, it too. speaks in were... metaphors. Yeah. You know, exactly. It speaks in metaphors. And if you're if you're not guided in the right direction with it, it's totally taken out of context. And, I mean, just look at the difference between – the Old Testament and the New Testament mm-hmm. alone, right? Yeah. Just look at that difference. This vengeful, you know, God who will, you know, uh, destroy you if you don't this and that. And the whole concept of sin with, you know, this whole idea of Adam and Eve. Please, let's not even because that just makes me nuts. <laughs> it, it's really something, too, because when we think about it and we look at the history of it, we realize that most of what was written about Jesus the Christ was written well after he died. In many cases, hundreds of years after he died. Yeah. Which kind of makes you wonder, okay, well, how do they know? <laughs> you know they weren't there. Right? They got this, this is like a story that was passed down and passed down and passed down. So, but I've heard that, um, have you guys ever heard of the lost, uh, the lost story or verse of Thomas? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, there's supposedly things in there like the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yeah. Because uh, Thomas was around when he was around. So they, they wanted to not really, um, they, they didn't want his writings to come out because there was certain truths in there that they didn't want people to know because the institutions were like, no, we need to keep the masses in, in check. Right. right. So, um, I actually have a book on that that I'm going to be reading and it'd be interesting to see, um, his version, you know, uh, the because he was there with him, and yeah, and of yeah. course, who knows, you know, that was a hundred years, you know, two thousand years ago. Who knows who could have messed what he set up as well? But hopefully. well, that was also a theme that was played out in the movie and the book, The Da Vinci Code. Right. They they explained how there was the Council of Nicaea, and at the Council of Nicaea, all the different sects of Christianity were brought together to debate and discuss all the different things, and they ended up kicking out half of the books because they portrayed Jesus as a man, according to the, to the uh, Da Vinci Code. Yeah. And which actually, there's a lot of historical basis to say, yeah, you could see how that would be what perhaps what happened. But the point is, they were removed; they were not included in what was That's right. the Bible. Unquote. The whole story with Mary Magdalene was taken out. Yeah, all that, a whole bunch of stuff taken out. Yeah. So, well, and reincarnation. Right. Exactly. Because if we if we weren't afraid to die, then we're not going to obey the new rules. Right. <laughs> obey in the in that sense. <laughs> obey in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good one. Now, there's been a lot of explorations and a lot of explanations and and so forth of what has happened, and I think they're all healthy because, among other things, they help remind us they were all all these stories were written by people who were writing 
what based on what they believed. It was their own beliefs that they were writing, and different people can believe. You, I mean, this is something that that uh, police and and detectives have trouble with. You know, they'll have a crime that that occurred, and then they'll interview the witnesses, and all the witnesses will disagree. Right. They were all there. They all say, saw the same event, but you wouldn't know it by their testimony. Right. Because everything's <laughs> an interesting point of view. That's an that's access right. consciousness. Everything's an interesting point of view. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and that's really valuable information to retain. The sure. fact that different points of view see things differently and understand the same event completely differently. Yep. You know? So Agreed. I think what that ultimately ends up doing is it ends up encouraging all of us to say, don't take a literal story as your guide, go inside and listen to the story within. What is your story telling you? Mm -hmm. And listen that's what that this one. book's talking about. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. 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 Cause that inside story, well, that is the inside story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. Well, then next week is going to be also interesting. Uh, a lot less of a challenge because the word, that is the main word in the chapter is a much easier word from our, from our perspective, the law of success. That one sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. What if it's not what we think it is? That's it. <laughs> you never I'm know, waiting. I suppose. Yeah. Well, what we'll have to do is we'll have to find out what Raymond Hollowell's perspective on success yes. is. Yes. And that's going to give us a lot to talk about. That'll be good stuff. But good in the stuff. meantime, this has been great. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you also Thank to you. Our, our very quiet but very attentive live stream audience. They were I think, again, they were just waiting to see where we were going to lead this because they didn't dare say anything. <laughs> They're just soaking it all in. It's like Rita and I just soaked this book in all week to even come with, up with whatever we talked about today. That's <laughs> it. And it worked. We it were winging it. We yeah. were great. Oh, I also, oh, I, I forgot to do the promos. Got to do the promos before we go. Reminding people who are not yet subscribers to become subscribers. Very simple. If you haven't figured out how to do it, we have made it simple on our homepage. Go to LOAToday.net. And you will see instructions at the top of the page for the particular kind of, of device that you are using in terms of how to become a subscriber. Also, check us out on YouTube because as we record, we live stream to YouTube. So you can actually watch us, see us in video while we're doing this in addition to the sound that you normally get with a podcast. Um, but check us out both ways. And I just wanted to put out a little um, thought into people's minds and maybe even get feedback. Anybody who wants to write in about this, uh, tell me what you think about it. I have for the longest time wanted to create an app, specifically an LOA Today app, so that people could just download the app and all the episodes would be right there and there'd be ways to interact with us and so forth. And people, individuals that I've talked to have liked that idea a lot. The difficulty is, let me tell you, writing an app is very challenging. It's much more difficult than, say, writing a web page or, or something like that. So it's going to be a while. I will give you one little piece of hope, though. I found something associated with the particular software that I use for storing the episodes of this podcast. Um, I don't use one of the main services. There are, you know, there are services like you know, Podbean and Blueberry and all these others where you can set up um, a, a podcast and they'll store all the files and so forth. I actually store my own using a WordPress plugin called Podlove. And the people who create this Podlove have created a web player that can be programmatically used in other applications. Now, they don't tell you exactly how to do it, so you have to kind of have some programming background, which I have some of. So I'm going to be exploring this, but, but the long story short is, I may be able to get this app put together sooner than I had hoped, because I had hoped to have it in like the next two years, maybe even a few months, maybe even shorter than that. Wow. 
you know? So I, don't I hold get me emails. To it. I get emails like every day, people wanting to create an app for me. That, do you ever oh, get any yeah. of those? Oh okay, yeah. But, so you looked into different services? Oh, sure. Oh, I've, I've looked okay. into tons of them. The, the thing is the, the ones that are trying to make you an app are usually trying to make you one particular kind of app and they don't have a whole lot of flexibility in what they can do. Uh, okay. um, there are a few apps that you can get out there as a podcaster. They will also do certain things that the makers of those apps want, want you to be able to buy. If you want to have something that does exactly what you want to do, be prepared to spend five figures or more because that level of customization, okay. yeah, it, it's, right. it's very challenging. It's very, very challenging to do. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. I've been wall. working on this for, for my wife's party <laughs> business. I figured it's the same kind of skill. I just have to kind of reapply it. So that's right. Know, we're getting Look closer. Manifesting on a dime. Look at you. And, and keep asking <laughs> the universe questions. How do I get this app out sooner? And what can I do to, to develop this app? Just ask the questions. That's how that's it works. It. Universe you, wants to answer our questions. You have no idea how often I ask that question. Okay, good. <laughs> no idea. I mean, I was, during my walk today, I was putting out there constantly, I need better ideas of how to get to this app sooner. I need better, give me, give me some guidance. And, and part of the guidance. You went from two years to a few months. Hmm? You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah, went yeah. Two years to a few months. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that in of itself is a feat. No, now all I got to do is get from a few months down to a few days, you know? There you go. Well, give yourself a couple of weeks. It's, a, it's as easy it to manifest a button as a castle. I just have to think of it as a button. That's it. So, that's Can't wait. And what anyway, if, thank what you, if, ladies. This what if great. the universe gave it to you in exact timing? Wouldn't that be nice? It always does, fortunately, which is a good thing. Yeah. So what, if you want to align with that, it might take away some resistance. That's a good idea. I'll, yeah. I'll take that on board. So. Awesome. Thank you again. On, on top of thank you, <laughs> I thank you again. All right. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you, podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on Away Today. Goodbye, everybody.